When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. As we've alluded to on our other shows, this offseason, our Cracked Rackets team attempted to speak with every Power 5 men's and women's head coach employed throughout the college tennis world. We asked each of them about their team's respective 2021 seasons and what we should expect from them here in 2022. Of course, we also offered them a platform to share their thoughts on some of the big picture topics in college tennis. It is a fantastic series that our team is ecstatic to finally start sharing with the broader college tennis community over the next six weeks. Fans can expect no fewer than 10 episodes a week to be posted on this feed. A huge shout out to our friends at Tennis Point for their support with this series. Remember, go to tennis-point.com right now. Use that promo code CR15 to express your thanks. With all of that said, we're ready to get to today's episode. So Westoff, hit those credits. Let's start today's show. Joining us on the podcast today, an actual first-time appearance for him here, at least talking to me on this Cracked Interview show. Of course, you may know him best from his Hall of Fame career as a tennis player at Ball State. Of course, you may also know him now as the head coach of the Michigan State men's tennis team. Welcome to the show, Coach Gene Orlando. Coach, how are you doing today? Uh, great, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it is my pleasure. And I have to ask right away because we are entering year 31 for you at the helm at Michigan State. You know, that is one Alex Gruskin plus five. And obviously that is a <laughs> lifelong service to college tennis. What is it about the sport that keeps drawing you back each year? You know, I would say just uh, the ability to, to to work with uh, young men. And, and it's always a, a different group of young men every four years. And, uh, you know, being at a great school, great institution, and and have an opportunity to you know play the best uh, teams in the country year in year out uh, keeps the keeps the fire going. No, I can only imagine. I, it's got to be weird now because there are a lot of former proteges out there or players you competed against in the coaching ranks. Like I feel like you look at Brad Dancer and you're like Brad, you're benched today. Like come on, like you're out. <laughs> like right? Like is that more fun? Is it more challenging for you at this point? I think I, I've grown to accept it. At, at first, sure. it was challenging, yeah. uh, but now that uh, you know the older, the, the more the separation, uh, it's a little easier. But uh, obviously, it's been great to, to see his success and see him do well. And obviously, his success is is somewhat our success here at Michigan State. And and uh, but it's great to see him do well. 
Mm-hmm. I tell him all the time, every win he gets is just one added to your total. Like, he should know that, <laughs> uh, obviously. But, you know, looking at your team and what you guys were able to do last season, you know, even before we dive too far into the weeds of that, I want to talk more broadly because you look, obviously, at tennisrecruiting.net and what you guys have been able to do. You brought in a five-star recruit in five of the last six seasons. And obviously, more recently, you were able to get Ozon, who's a hometown kid, blue chip recruit, able to commit to your program at Michigan State. What does that say about where things are trending in East Lansing? Well, I, I definitely think it's uh, saying that our program's on the rise. And, you know, it's not something that happened overnight. It's been a process. And and uh, we just, you know, stayed with it and worked hard day in, day out. And, you know, might not have gotten the results three years ago, but we did things the right way. We built a, a great culture, a, you know, a, a family. And, and players uh, want to come here, want to play here. So it's, it's, we're off to, uh, you know, again, like you said, three, five-star recruits uh, in the past three years, uh, you know, things are looking good. Mm-hmm. And you look at the numbers from last season. Obviously, last year was a weird season for everyone in the Big Ten not able to play outside of the conference. You guys go 6-14 and 14 overall, but I don't think that's an accurate representation of the fight you guys showed last season, of the step forward, the progress that was made. And we can get into the weeds of who performed well and where, but... It felt like last year was a jump forward, and I'm curious if you felt that as well. It felt like particularly by the end of the year, you know, things were starting to click for your guys. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, you know, we were 6-14, and 14, but uh, for the record, we played Ohio State five times. <laughs> exactly. So, so uh, that was, uh, you, know, I, you know, I really do feel like that, that kind of helped us. It, it made us better. We got to see, uh, you know, I got to play against, uh, you know, a great team that many times, and and uh, we continued to improve each time we played against them. And, you know, we realized, well, you know, they're a great team, but, you know, there's not that much of a difference. And, and uh, another unique factor, too, is we played Michigan um, back-to-back. We played them on a Friday and a Sunday. And uh, I think we, we grew a lot to, from that experience. Not too many times you get to play a team one day and then follow up and play them, you know, 48 hours later. Mm-hmm. And uh, we that that the whole conference, the way it all played out, really ended up being a benefit for us. Sure, we might have lost a little more matches, but uh, as a team, we uh, we grew from that experience. Mm-hmm. And looking at again the roster and the numbers from last season, you play fourteen different doubles combinations. I won't lie, that's on the higher <laughs> side. Now, obviously, Big Ten did not have a fall, so you're going to be searching starting in January, no matter what, if from a position that you guys aren't normally in, just from a coaching perspective. But I'm curious, that fourteen number is that about getting guys acclimated to the system? Was that searching for continuity? What leads to a number that high? Well, I think just you know keeping everyone involved. Sure. You, know, uh, you know, I think it was good just to uh, keep everyone energized and keep everyone uh, at least give them the opportunity to play and compete. And, and if, uh, if the team got hot, we would ride them out. And, you know, then, you know, sometimes COVID kind of played a little bit of an issue. We had a few people that got you know, contact traced and, you know, that kind of threw things off uh, a little bit last year. But uh, for the most part, we just, uh, you know, tried to give everyone an opportunity and we and, and if they did well, we rode with it. And if not, maybe we'd uh, try something different. Mm-hmm. No, and in particular, I know there was a stretch there where Nick and Kazuki just clicked so well. Um, and I believe they were, what, top 20, I want to say, in the nation at one point via the rankings. And I, I think at one point, at one point, they were very, very high and, and uh, you know, put up some, you know, great results and got hot. And, 
and then you know then it's uh you know maybe expectations got got up there and uh we didn't uh, finish as as high as we you know as well as we wanted to but uh you know but but uh loved how they they competed and you know how how they went and played doubles together Mm-hmm. And on that note, you know, again, 11 guys got singles action for your team last year as well. And I know it's similar. It's injuries. It's all of these different yeah. things. But for your team, as you look towards 2022, how valuable is it that experience that all of these guys got to play some sort of college match? And, you know, what, again, to ask this, it's not to get back to this question, but what growth did you see from the guys last year? Well, I mean, that was, you know, that was the whole benefit of just trying to get as many guys as many guys experience as they, as they could and and uh, in hopes that you know where we would be uh you know at this time a year from then and and uh definitely uh feel like it's helped us and i feel like we've um you know had a great fall and and uh you know obviously there's a, there's a lot of competition uh among the squad right now and, and uh you know some tough decisions to be made in january but uh definitely the the opportunities that they had last year and we, we, again, we've tried to share the wealth. And again, we had a lot of competition, you know, <laughs> there was not really that much of a separation from, you know, one through 12. And, and um, you know, I think it'll definitely help us. Mm-hmm. And with that spirit in mind, uh, we'll just start here. How great has it been to get the guys to have a full summer, to have a fall, fall be able to work with them again? What's the fall look like for you? Yeah, that, that was it was great. You kind of take it for granted, uh, you know, not uh, having you know that opportunity. And, and then last year, uh, during the COVID year, we 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 got to practice, but we never got to compete. And you know that was unique too. Uh, you know, we did a lot of challenge matches, and you know during the fall. And but it wasn't uh, like you know this year we were able to you know give the guys a lot of matches. I think you know counting singles and doubles, they might have had at least at least twenty. We played four events in the fall and. Uh, most of our guys had the opportunity to play the, you know, the 15K ITF tournament here in November. And uh, a lot of our guys have got a lot of matches. And, again, that can, that's the continued growth that, uh, that they've been able to make. And, and uh, again, the more they play, uh, the better they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to talk about that 15K, and I want to talk, you know, again about specific guys, but uh, you talk about that depth you guys have. It really does feel like I could put a dartboard up. I'm going to throw a dart at the name, and it's going to be like, all right, you're playing one. You're playing two. You're playing three. Right. How has that depth manifested itself into competition this fall? I mean, I know how hungry some of the guys on your roster are talking to them and just being around. It feels – I word on the street is a competitive fall. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's a uh, you know it's a competitive uh, group of guys, but you know, again, we're still you know still a family, and they're keeping everything professional, and um, and I think uh, I think uh, they're just trying to you know compete, make each other better, and, and at the end of the day, wherever the top six are, it's about the team winning, and and uh, you know it's a win for, and, that, and that's what matters the most, and uh but again the, the guys are pushing each other and and uh challenging each other day in and day out and you know being accountable and uh working hard so i mean i, I think it's it's a, been a positive uh you know competition amongst the guys mm-hmm. and you look at the roster you know four seniors in uh, i believe anthony carson josh and i'm blanking out on one i'm sorry but i know there's a four senior on that roster and you know I- i'm curious looking at those guys you know i know for josh so many different injury issues for him throughout the year but uh, you know how talented he can be and obviously it-, it felt like last year carson was that beating heart 
of the team that's just you knew his effort you know he's getting in his two hours right we're all waiting an extra half hour for that Carson match to finish you know how has that group of senior leaders taken a step forward here this fall oh they've been uh been phenomenal and it's uh you know obviously you got Carson Gates and you know Nick Williams have been uh a big part of our uh you know of our building our culture and uh, and, and also, you know, you got Josh Markerjee and Jack Winkler. And, yes. and I really do feel like Jack Winkler and Josh Markerjee have been a big part of, of our program. And, you know, Jack Winkler was out for two years. And, uh, you know, just this fall, he's really kind of gained his strength and has had a successful fall and and uh, has been an unbelievable uh, uh, leader for us. You know, something that we haven't had the last two years where Carson and Nick really kind of picked up uh, the pieces since Jack was out with an injury and then Josh had his injuries. Um, you know, just recently, I don't know if you know, that uh, last August, end of August, that Josh lost his dad. And, you know, that was a big blow for the program. And, and uh, you know, we're regrouping as a, as, a, as a team with that. And obviously, you know, Josh is still, you know, trying to uh, rebound from that. But he's doing a great job too. But, you know, that nucleus of, uh, of, of Winkler and, uh, and, and Muckerjee and Gates, uh, those are three seniors that we have. Nick Williams is going to be a redshirt junior, so he still has one more year. But, uh, again, you need leaders to build a team. And, you know, we that has really kind of been the big factor on where we are today, you know. And, and obviously, you know, when it comes down to recruiting, with these guys talking to recruits and, you know, and telling them what this program is all about, those guys really kind of sold the program. you got a great assistant, Coach Harry. Uh, he's done a phenomenal job and, 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 and finding these guys and recruiting these guys as well. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, and that's how it all kind of works. That's how, how it all came together for us. And, you know, it takes a good group of guys. And, you know, those, um, those three seniors and then, and then Nick being the red shirt uh, has been really crucial for us to, to get where we are today. And, and now we got something to build on. And, and that's what we're looking forward to uh, beginning in January. Yeah, you know, I like to say I call out coaches when they lie to me. Come on, Harry, good assistant. We both know better than that. Um, but, you know, you talk about that family feeling you've built on your roster. Looking at the roster, you've got 12 guys here this season. And, you know, again, Michigan, how Michigan works is just something I actually understand being from the state. And I know having Michigan guys on your roster allows you to carry more of them. Than, you know, I, what I realized as well is that all of you coaches are mathematicians and how you balance your four and a half. Bravo to all of you. I would take a college course on just that. Um, but, you know, looking at that 12 guys, again, you've got a group of seniors. And I can't believe I forgot Jack, who, of course, makes a final at the ITF that you guys have in doubles. Is Have you just seeded recruiting responsibilities to him and be like you sealed the deal with Ozan on that final good job go find us the next players uh, but yeah. no to, to the larger point again 12 guys on the roster is big uh you know mm-hmm. wh- why carry a roster that size you know you just don't know who's gonna pop yeah you know, you, know you 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 get that 12 and you have a chance that someone's really gonna break through and and uh you know like I said we gave a lot of people we had a lot of guys all these guys are going to get opportunities this year we we will play 18 home matches I don't know if you look at the schedule close we'll have 18 home matches we'll play a lot of double headers and we tell the guys hey, you know, there's gonna be a lot of competition whatever we're counting on you guys to to find a way to win it doesn't matter who we're playing every team is good every team is good now in D1 tennis and uh with these double headers everyone's gonna get the opportunity to play and and once these guys get to play throughout these matches, I, I really feel like you're going to say, wow, this guy's really just jumped. And, and again, it's, it's, it's grown the program. You know, we're 12 deep 
And then we're going to see, you know, when it comes down to the Big Ten play, we're really going to know who our top six are. Is that you know? the biggest difference between now and, say, 20, 30, even, honestly, 10 or 5 years ago, the depth in college tennis? That it's not just, you know, the top teams have always been ridiculous. Look at the 98 Stanford roster. Alex yeah. Kim's playing six. He's a top 100 player in the world. That's ridiculous. That's always going to yeah. hold up in time. But it's that the team ranked 50, 60, 70, 100. They're just, they would blow their counterparts out of the water. When you, what do you mean? They those, that those type of teams or the, the yeah, yeah, no, the, the ranking. I'm saying like if the 50 of 2021 plays the 50 of 1998, the 50 yeah. of 2021 blows them out. Right, for sure. Yeah, yeah for that, sure. that's the difference. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like that's the, the, the depth is, is that's how much depth there is now in in, in college tennis. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously the. The influx of players from abroad, and not the influx of players from abroad. I've always, it's always been there. Yeah. But I definitely feel like uh, everyone's gotten a little more creative with recruiting. Uh, every, everyone's mm-hmm. in on the game now, yeah, you know, and, sure. and, and and they have a pulse and of how to to get the players. And you know, it's easier to navigate before you might be able to take some chances, and you might not see a player on scene. Mm-hmm. You know, now you can see him with YouTube. Now you can compare him with UTRs and. Now you can actually be a pretty good recruiter just from sitting behind a computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's again, that's why Harry can be good now because he can just do it from his computer. Uh, no, uh, yeah. yeah, for the record, I take these shots at him. He knows that. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, again, getting back to your roster, it does feel, you know, as there are the senior guys and, you know, Jack who, well, I guess to finish that thought, Jack making that final in doubles and to do it on the home court. A, how special was it to have that pro event on campus? B, how special was it to have that result as well? Yeah. No, it's uh, it was it was a, it was a lot of fun. You know, this is our second year hosting this 15K, and obviously we were, this had been our third if it wasn't for COVID. Uh, you know, the first year we hosted, it was, you know, it was a, we, we learned a lot, a lot yes. of lessons, a lot of losses, and you know, but it was great experience for the guys, and and it was a lot of fun. It was my first time ever doing it, and you know, this year uh, the same way. We we had uh, you know a lot of people in qualifying, and and. Um, you know, we didn't quite have the results that we thought, but then the, the, when the main draw came in, we had a couple guys. Uh, one guy, Carson Gates, wins his first round and gets his first ATP point. And uh, we had a doubles team of uh, Jerome Campbell, Nick Williams, you know, winning around. So that was, you know, all of a sudden these positive things happen. And obviously, we were talking about Jack Winkler and Ozan, you know, making the run all the way to the finals and, uh, you know, just continued to play some, uh, you know, great tennis all the way through. And, and just to be able to go, that length of a tournament at your home courts and mm-hmm. having the fans and, you know, having, uh, you know, the support from um, the local community uh, was, was fabulous. You yeah. know, I can't put a price tag on it and just made it fun every day. You know, yeah. and we're not just, we weren't just the host, you know, mm-hmm. we were the host with, uh, with a Spartan and getting some action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with all that said, talk to me about the freshman. I got the chance to see Josh compete a bunch during his you know, junior career. I got the chance to see Max compete this summer as well. How have they acclimated themselves to campus this fall? Well, they've, done a, they've done a great job. You know, we, we brought our freshmen in and, uh, and actually almost all of our guys came in after uh, the 4th of July. So we have now like a summer training camp. This is our, our third summer training camp. And again, I think that's really kind of helped us with our progress with our the development of the program. And it's something that we'll continue to do. But 
you know, they were able to get acclimated early on. Obviously, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, the player, I mean, the school is not as busy. Students are all around, but uh, but Josh and Max were able to, you know, develop a relationship with the strength coach. You know, develop a relationship with our athletic trainer, um, and 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 got the lay the feel the lay of the land better. And when when school came in, they were you know they were very acclimated. They knew exactly where they needed to go, and so they felt comfortable. We felt like that's almost like the summer is like our first semester here. Mm-hmm. Instead of just coming in in September and just getting blown away, next thing you know, they're eight weeks. The fall season is it's behind them. But uh, they, you know they had a lot of success early. You know they had a lot of success this fall uh, for a freshman, and and uh, you know Josh Portnoy, uh, his first win as a as a Spartan was over uh, over Wolverine at the Notre Dame invite. <laughs> You know, I mean, it wasn't easy, but uh, he's picked up some quality wins. And then Max, obviously, you know, had a great tournament here with our ITA regionals and, and our Big Ten indoors making uh, the deepest run for us. And, and uh, you know, lost first round in the main draw of the 15K, but in a three-setter um, to a player from uh, from Florida. And, you know, again, I think uh, all the – both freshmen have really felt like, wow, you know, I, I really can play at this level and, and just can continue to add to the depth that we have. And, Again, who's going to break through, you know, and, and uh, who's going to, uh, you know, do the work that they need to do and, and put themselves in the best position? Mm-hmm. No, that's what's going to be so fascinating to see unfold for your team, is you're right, all of the unknowns. And by the way, for listeners, since this is a podcast, I wish you could see this. The I almost said smirk. That would have been rude. The smile on Coach Orlando's face when he mentioned a Spartan beating a Wolverine to this Wolverine. <laughs> he knows. I know. We're keeping it civil. Don't worry. Uh, but, um, you know, looking at the way you scheduled this year. You play a ton of matches right off the bat in the month of January. I think I'm looking overall, and you mentioned the use of double headers. I think you've got three double headers your first three weekends: yeah. Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. uh, Virginia Tech, Eastern Illinois, Cleveland State versus IUPUI, uh, Toledo, and Bucknell. All again doubling up there. What leads to that strategy? Well, again, uh, we, we, the strategy is that we have 12 guys on the team, sure. and you know we're we're trying to keep those guys. Hey, you're or you're going to be playing, yeah. and we need to work every single day. We're counting on you. It's not going to be comp- just, you know, these six players. We're not playing all all six players playing both doubleheaders. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we really believe in the depth that we have, and, and we're going to count on these guys to be able to, to get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, again, like, like I said, there's really no weak teams in in college tennis anymore. I mean, we'll, we'll find out, uh, you know, how it all works out in a month, you know, two months from now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh but that was our that was our plan. We felt like we could we that we believe in our depth. We believe in the work that we're doing, and, and all these guys are, you know, I mean, you know, again, someone's going to jump out of the back and be elite number one, elite number two. Uh, but right now, like I said, you talked about earlier, just throwing in the dartboard, who's going to play? And and uh, guys are going to get opportunities to play here, and and uh, we're excited about it. And obviously, we want to win every single match, and we're not taking anything for granted. And we believe in every single one of these guys, and. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited to see what, how, what comes out of this. But we know it's not going to be easy. And, uh, and every, every, every team that we play, <clears throat> being a Big Ten school, if they're not a Big Ten school, they, we have a bullseye. Yeah. You know, they, they beat a Power Five or they, you know, they beat a Big Ten school. We're mm-hmm. going to see everyone's best tennis. And uh, they're going to leave it out there. We're going to have to be ready. 
No, 16 matches plus the Arizona State invite before the start of conference play. That's awesome. I love that yeah. scheduling. I love it for the fit for the <laughs> roster, whatever that's worth. I think that's a brilliant move by you guys. And I'm curious because last year, obviously, rankings-wise and mm. scheduling-wise, I don't want to say, you know, <laughs> it, it forced us all to reexamine just everything we thought about how we schedule and all these different things. And one of the byproducts of last year was they waived the 500 rule, which, of course, for our listeners who don't know, you have to be 500 or better to make the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. Is that a rule you'd like to see go away permanently, or are you a fan of the 500 rule? Um, I, I like it, and I don't like it. I, I sure. you know, I, you know, it just... Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I think uh, I'm I'm fifty fifty on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do feel like uh, I mean, I think you got to have close to a five hundred record. I, I think I would probably go with a five hundred record. Sure. I think you got to, you know, in, in our conference, I think you need to be a five hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I think you know, if you're four, if you're six and twelve, and you picked up two wins, I I, I think I might struggle with that. Yeah, no, it's it's fair to say. And, you know, again, in particular, with the depth emerging in college tennis, wins matter. Like, if you're winning, obviously you should be rewarded for that fact. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I know it, it, it is interesting, again, looking at the schedule, uh, the schedule for you guys. And, you know, as you look towards this season, you know, what are, what are – I don't want to say what are the goals, what are the expectations, but what is the growth you would like to see from your team this year as they, you know, look towards 2022? You know, for the season in 2022? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I guess one of our goals was, uh, you know, we'd love to, you know, go undefeated at home. I mean, sure. You know, that'd be uh, one goal. And, uh, I mean, obviously, we we have some tough matches, uh, you know, ahead of us. And, um, again, just uh, continue to improve each week and get better with each week. And, and uh, obviously, we want to, you know, our ultimate goal is to get to the, to the, to the big dance. And, mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, obviously we will have enough opportunities to, to do that. And, you know, I feel like the, the 500 rule won't be, uh, an issue and, uh, we'll have opportunities against teams that are, you know, probably from, you know, top 10 to uh, all the way down to 45 enough opportunities. If we can, if we can go 500 with those guys, then I think we can make, make the tournament. Um, but again, again, it's continued development, you know, with each guys, uh, you know, from, from week to week and, and, you know, and, and uh, you know, balancing uh, the wins and losses and, you know, mentally and just, you know, just staying the course. And again, uh, again, just relying on the leaders that we have to, to uh, orchestrate us to get there. Mm-hmm. Well, with that in mind, uh, again, I, I said I was going to throw some big picture questions at you. One of them being you look at this fall and obviously when you've got 12 guys, you want to get as much time with them as you can. You want to develop them all as much as you can. I know it's an NCAA uh, edict. But I'm curious if you think the eight-hour rule and you know the 20-hour week, the 25 competitive dates, are those reflective of the modern demands in college tennis? Is that a, you know how frequently are you put in a position where a player will come ask, "Hey, coach, can we work together?" And you have to say, "Oh, we can't. You've already hit your four." Yeah, you have that a lot during the you know during the off season. I mean, obviously when we're in the eight hours, full twenty hours, and it's it's really not an issue. And I think I, I like the twenty hours. I think sure. you can get a lot of work done. Uh, and then the guys that we need some extra, they can work on their own. But you know, when we do go into the to the eight hour rule, non traditional season, uh, you know, we'll have a lot. Of, I don't say we have a lot. They'll come ask us. They already know the rules, so yeah. they're not going to ask us. Um, but it would, but it'd be advantageous to have the opportunities whether we don't travel or don't play that's one thing but 
to be able to continue to work on the things that we were doing in the fall and and uh but perhaps on the other side it allows them to grow on their own and, and try some different things but uh, the culture that we have right now the guys are you know continuing to continue to practice as if it was uh the season was still continuing and, and i really do think that's important because when you play just eight weeks you're not really preparing for what a full season really is mm-hmm. and i feel like you know it, it, you know going 16 weeks is it's, it's a long season there's going to be bumps in the rows they're going to feel the heaviness but if they don't do that in the fall, they're not preparing or not making that base. So when they do get in the spring, they won't be as ready. And, and I think that's the mindset that I like to teach our guys is to say you continue to be, you know, to continue that workload. And obviously, if you need time, and you know, yeah, it's all optional. But if they continue that workload and still balance with the rest and everything, they're going to be stronger for themselves. You know, they're on the stretch run for us when the season is on. But if yeah. they just go eight weeks and kind of really slow things down. It's gonna be tougher, tougher them, and tougher us. Yeah, I, that's to me one of the schedule things. Like to have a dead period right before the spring season and the dual match season starts. Like, come on, like, what are we doing here? We're putting our, these athletes in a position to fail, yeah. and it's just like that is not what the schedule should look like. And I'm curious, you know, talking about the development. You know, talking to all these coaches, one of the things I've wanted to ask is, you know, what is the role of the fall in college tennis? Because I think there is some confusion about what the fall should be. And, you know, to a T, coaches say, well, it's about development. But I'm curious, how is that development best served? Is it by the individual schedules that we have now? Or should it be closer to, you know, the SEC last year played a bunch of hidden duels and they all rave about playing those hidden duels. And I think we saw more of them emerge here this fall. Mm-hmm. Is that the direction we should be going? as a sport what do you view the role as the fall of the fall well to see i like i think it's development it's, yeah. it's getting the opportunities to play it gives the opportunities to compete um i mean i i just like the idea of just getting a lot of matches sure. and, and and you know the hidden duels i think are, are fun and, and and everything like that but i think the hidden duels in my experience is that like the first day it's really exciting yeah. The second day, it's just, you know, it's just, you're just lining up matches, you know, and, and, and you kind of, uh, the excitement isn't there as much as it is in the beginning. Um, but it does serve its purpose and, and, and you do get quality matches and, uh, you know, with, with, a, with a hidden duel. But uh, I don't care if it's a hidden duel, whether it's a, a, a compass draw or just a, a, a regular tournament, if, if the guys get the opportunity to play and compete, then uh, that's that's what's serving its purpose, and, and then the guys can find out what's wor- what's working, what's not working. What do I need to do to be ready for my next match? And you know, maybe they only get an hour to decide, you know to make that adjustment. You know, maybe they get the 24 hours to sleep on it. You know, and I think one of the things I do, I do like about the fall events is that you get three days. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you might not play ball on Friday, but you still have 48 hours, two days to figure out what can I do to be better. So when I leave on Sunday, I'm a better player than I was on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that you know, if, you know, you don't you play if you lose on Friday, you're not done. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, there's you, you definitely have three other matches in singles, maybe hopefully another three or four matches in doubles, and by when you leave on Sunday, you're better. Yeah, no, I love I love that perspective, and again, I appreciate your candidness there. This is always an issue that's been discussed probably since your first coaching season. NCAA individuals should it be moved to the fall? I'm not a fan. Okay. Make the case. I, 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 I just feel that uh, we have the fall, we have the, the spring season to determine who the best players are. Sure. And, and, 
you know, I, I, I just, I just, I just feel like it's earned, you know, and, and I think if we do it in the fall, uh, you know, you're going to lose players that were seniors that don't get to represent their school. Um, you know, maybe I'm just a traditionist and have a hard time letting go. But uh, to me, I feel like uh, you, you earned the trip to the NCAAs from, from the beginning of the fall, mm-hmm. spring, and, and, and again, the competition in the conference. So I know it's heavy uh, with the, with the, the NCAA championships, team championships, and then the singles. But that's how we've been doing it. And, you know, I don't think it'd be anything different than if you were traveling from week to week in a, yeah. in a pro tournament. You know, and mm-hmm. and obviously academics are, are probably a big part of, you know, the equation as well. Um, but I think that's, you know, we're far enough ahead now that we can do Zoom classes, we can do <laughs> things online. Uh, we've managed, you know, and and uh, but I know I know it's it's in my time the time management might be difficult, but I feel like personally I feel like you earn your, your trip to the NCAAs. Can I posit one hypothetical to you? Okay. What if they played the NCAA individuals the second week of the U.S. Open? That just, to me, feels like the ideal platform. And I know 0.1% of athletic departments would be willing to sponsor seniors who have already graduated to come back and play an additional tournament that following fall. I know that's an issue. But I do just think the idea of having it on that platform, on that stage, that, that's the biggest win possible for college tennis. Well, that's the first time I've heard anything like that. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that, that definitely uh, – I can see that happening. I, yeah. I would approve that. I feel like yeah, that I, would be the carrot, too, that the NCAA would be like, okay, well, that's interesting. Put the NCAA yeah. brand at that scene. Like, now we're interested. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you grandfather, you know, the players in uh, to represent the school. Uh, I think that would be uh, – that would be awesome. Imagine if Harry and JP made that semifinal <laughs> in New York. <laughs> Harry's head just, oh. I mean, JP's yeah. head's already there, but you know, uh, <laughs> but no, it, it would be again. I, those are just the little thing. I guess again, I have too much time on my hands. But that to me would be just the ultimate platform uh, for college tennis. And yeah, it, these are again the little things. You, you, you know, because I don't think college tennis has a product problem. Like I do think the product is exceptional. Sometimes I wonder if it's a marketing issue. And I, it, that's not meant to be a criticism of the ITA. But is that what we should be focusing on? Is just you know again getting the product into in front of more eyes as opposed to continuing to alter the product mm-hmm. no I, I agree i think we got i think we got a great game uh, i think we got a lot to sell uh it's 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 finding that audience uh at the right time you know our spring season does come down and uh you know everyone's they're just coming off march madness mm-hmm. the athletic departments are you know you know like they just need a breather yeah. you know from football basketball and you know now all of a sudden there's tennis, but um, no, I I, I I feel like we're close. Uh, I feel like you know a lot of our programs are doing a great job with with promoting. Um, you know, obviously weather wise up here in the Big Ten yeah. uh, gets a little bit more challenging. Uh, you know, but that way. But I, I think I think our conference is doing a great job with uh, promoting the matches and getting a lot of fan base. And obviously we want to have blowouts and. Mm-hmm. and everything like that we definitely need we could do better but uh i think we do a, a fair job and and uh i'm excited for what the future holds for us yeah no absolutely coach goffey of south carolina suggested a fall dual match season and moving all the individual stuff to the spring and i was like well you know 
if you're a northern school like Michigan, Michigan State, you could probably play more outdoor matches in August, September, and October than you do in the spring season. So I was like, huh, that's I was like, that's an interesting thought of that I hadn't thought of one. So yeah, yeah I, I think it's always fine to be creative uh, about those sorts of things. And in terms of the format, I'm curious, has no ad grown on you? Yeah, no ad has has, has grown on me. It, but it, it, I was one of the guys that was not for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't I I didn't care for it. I definitely feel like it's it's changed the game and uh, it's it's an equalizer and and everything like that. I mean, you know, kind of you, you have to you accept it. This is this is how it is, and and uh, you know we gotta learn to play with it, and that's how that's how it's going. You know, I might not like it, but I'm gonna learn how to like it. Yeah, I know. I love that. And yeah, the sudden death, I feel like fans do enjoy that. I am curious from a fan perspective, and again, this is something I wanted to ask all these coaches. Do you feel that lull between doubles and, you know, really the start of second sets and singles? Like, I feel like one coach phrased it to me as you're creating a permission structure for fans to leave in that in that time. Because sure, the hardcore fans, we love the first 20 minutes of singles. But I do sometimes worry the adrenaline rush coming off of doubles to then the start of the single match like that the product doesn't lose something there mm-hmm. yeah there, there's no doubt uh <clears throat> you know you, you there is that law of the start and you know it's like a shotgun start and doubles <laughs> and, and uh you know then all of a sudden it's over and then you get the singles in and and and, and, and singles you, you work your way into a match it's not not to me it's like work your way in it's a battle of working mm-hmm. your way in and and it's a tug of war and um yeah, I just I think it really you know guys have to you know continue to play with the passion and, and the energy and you get off to good starts and and you know at least if you're the home team uh-huh. you know and and if if you do that early and get off the good starts and I think that helps you know but if you get off the slow starts and you know and don't have that passion then it, there can be a law and, and I think that's you know that's on us as players and, and the coaches uh, uh, you know to, to keep the excitement going and. Um, uh, you know, I, I wish there was something that we could do, you know, like a little music or something like that yeah. in between the points, you know, like they do in the pros and, you know, football and basketball, they got that stuff. So it kind of keeps the crowd energized a little bit, uh, but we don't have that. And I think, you know, that, that noise needs to come from the guys and, and, you know, and, and playing with, with passion and engaging the fans and, and, uh, you know, just, you know, play that, uh, and have fun with it. You know, and, and, you know, not just kind of internally uh, play within ourselves and so tight, but just, you know, just play and have some fun. And the more fun we have, then the more fun the, the, the fans are going to have. Would you be in favor or against a simultaneous start? One doubles, four singles, you play it all at once. Yeah. I struggle with that, too. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, sure. yeah I'm, I, like, I like the system we have, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I like I, it, a traditionalist. Yeah, I'm a traditionalist all the way. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, uh, it's, it's how when I grew up, it's when I played in college at Ball State, this, yeah. you know, we, back then we played doubles, three doubles first. Yeah. And then, uh, no, we you know we played singles first. Yeah. We played singles first and then it was two out of three sets and there was no ad back then. Mm-hmm. And then we'd come back and play doubles, uh, which, which was two out of three sets, <laughs> full third sets, by the way. Love that. And, and no ad. So yeah. there was no super breaker or anything like that for a third, but, mm-hmm. uh, 
What about a substitution? How many times? I'm sure this year in particular, you would love a substitution. <laughs> but more broadly, just like, you know, soccer issue where it's like, oh, I made a mistake here. You're out. You're in. Yeah. So I one coach phrased it as, you know, it would keep like you're not going to have a lull if you're starting on court because, you know, hey, if I have a bad five minutes, I could get subbed out. Yeah. No, that would be uh, it's a fun concept. I mean, I mm-hmm. definitely feel uh, it would be advantageous, uh, you know, for the coaches and you know, we'd have a little more control and. Um, you know, I, I think it'd be a great, I think it'd be a great idea. I mean, mm-hmm. it'd be tough to how, when we do it, when could we do it? Sure. Um, but it would keep players, if they want to be in, they're going to be ready. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not going to get off to a slow start. They're going to, hey, I won't be out here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no, so, I, I love it. And all right, with that last gimmick for you, coin toss, overrated. I think we can do better. So we're throwing it out. Start of every match, one point, drop and hit, head coach versus head coach. Winner <laughs> decides the serving arrangements. Uh, well, uh, sure. Over 50, I mean, you can have the assistant play. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I don't know if that'll ever go, but uh, <laughs> I like uh, yeah, keep thinking out of the box. Yeah, that's right. um, or yeah. I do rock, paper, scissors, too. I just want to see competition from the start. Plus, come on, you're pulling the team over being like, look, 50% play is paper. We're throwing paper as a team, okay? Like, I just want to – I want the insight into that meeting. Um, but, all right, with that said, last few questions, and then I promise I'll let you go. Recruiting-wise, I'm, I'm curious because, again, we talk about the changes. I do think – and right now it's heightened because we have five years of high school graduates because of that extra year of COVID eligibility. But how do you balance recruiting freshmen, you know, finding four-year players versus knowing, hey, there are other options available on the transfer portal if I'd like to seek them? Mm-hmm. Again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a traditionalist. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I like to – to recruit the players that we have coming in, you get to know the full package, you know, the parents, you know, the coaches, you know, them as players. And, you know, now we have the opportunity to start recruiting them now when they're uh, June 12th of their junior year. And, you know, we have, that's a lot of time that we get to, to spend with them before they even become a, you know, a, a full fledged Spartan. Um, and, and I like, you know, starting from the beginning, you know, the development of the freshman year and to, to see the growth each each year from the sophomore year to junior year, senior year. To me, that that's that's very rewarding. Uh, you know, I, you know the transfer portal. Uh, you know, maybe I might have someone that might be interested. There, maybe a Michigan kid or a player that we might have recruited through the process that it didn't work out. But uh, I'm not. Well, we're not actively just looking at transfer portal, looking at it every day. Uh, maybe Coach Harry is, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, no, I, I like, uh, I like uh, you know, building relationships, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and having being part of a family. Hey, we're going to have some ups and downs. We're going to have to work through things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's where it's worth, you know, that's what keeps me here. You know, that's what gets kept me in the game is the relationships and the development and seeing these guys go on and be successful, uh, you know, just out, even outside of just being tennis players and, you know, with the job, with the families. And, uh, but that's, that's the fun part. You know, and if you just have them for a year or just two years, you know, it's it's not quite the same. And not saying I wouldn't, but it's well, my first choice would, would uh, you know, have a four-year type player. Yeah, no, I love to hear. And with that in mind, and because I think too many parents, players, coaches, listeners to these podcasts haven't heard all of your voices, give me the pitch. Why should I come to East Lansing? Why should I be a Spartan moving forward? Uh, well, uh, it's... You got a you got a great team. We're uh, you got a great family atmosphere, great culture. 
Uh, you got coaches that'll be uh, with uh, with your son or you know with you as a recruit. Uh, you know, to develop your game doesn't matter what time, when it is. You were available, and staying within the NCAA rules, we're going to do everything we can to make you a better player, give you the opportunities. You know, from strength training, from nutrition to sports psychology uh, facilities, and then get a great academics. I and mean, obviously, that's that's the most important part. Is is we have a lot of opportunities at Michigan State to, to study whatever you'd want to study, and the support services here, uh, you know, academically with tutors and an academic advisor. Uh, you'll have everything here set to uh, to make you the best tennis player you can be, and walk with, out of here with a with a great degree. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. Um, and you, so, with that said, last two for you: Should the NCAA champ get a wild card regardless of nationality? No. Oh, I love it. This is good. I like it. Make the case if you don't mind. Uh, I just, I just feel like uh, I think it should be. Uh, you know, it's U.S. Open. Uh, you know, it's uh, it should be for a U.S. born. I don't think that if we went to Australia that. Uh, they would give us the uh, the wild card, and you know if that's how it was, and maybe a little bit differently. But I, I'm, I'm, we're an all American team. You know, you probably saw that we're an all American team, and uh, I just I just feel like we should develop, uh, you know, give our players the best opportunity, and and it should be an American player in. I would love it if it's not American player. You know, if, that, if he loses in the fi- in the NCAA finals, then that's the person that should get in. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, I think that would be a great opportunity. The top-ranked American collegiate. Top, exactly. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think no. that would be. I think that would be the best. He's he's earned the right. Uh, he's played the full season, and it's a perk of going to college. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can still try to uh, you know play the pro circuit uh, going through college. Yeah, I I think that's fair. I would also add. I would love to see those sorts of opportunities at the end of the year for all of these players. You know, top five players, college men and women. Go play world team tennis. You're guaranteed that. Go do all of these things. Create that integration between the various levels of the circuit. I think that is, you know, one of the way to bridge the gaps between these. All right, last question for you. Well, I was going to sneak in a Michigan, Michigan State sort of question, but I was like, ah, I'll skip that. We'll save that for next time. Um, you know, when team, when fans of college tennis watch your team compete this year, what do you want their takeaway to be? Uh, we played hard, played fair, um, gave it our all. And, um, you know, they, they just really felt uh, the energy from, from our team and, and um, you know, wanted, wanted, wanted to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they feel like they know our guys and, and uh, you know, what we're all about just by how we competed, whether they know us or not. They're, they're going to like our product just the way how we competed and, and played the game. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, look, some of my fondest memories, Court One Memorial, or those weekends in between, you know, when you're not, you, you're you seated, so you didn't have to play the pre-qualifier, and you got to come up to Lansing and play all these different events, and so mm-hmm. uh, obviously, it's a program near and dear to my heart, but it's great to have the opportunity to get the chance to chat with you today, Coach, and I appreciate your support of everything we've done uh, over the years, and obviously wishing you and all of the guys success, health throughout the 2022 season, and you know, happy holidays, of course, to you and your family. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. Appreciate it.